and welcome to tonight's episode. We're going to be talking about a bevy of things. We're talking about Squid Game. That's a squid tentacle hitting your face. We're going to be talking about Midnight Mass. You know that mass. I have some of that mass. You've got some of that mass. Yeah. And since it's getting darker, we can pretend it's kind of midnight right now as we talk about these. I'm joined, of course, with my co-host, Chaz. How's it going, man? Dude, it's... It's fall. I'm These happy. camera angles are just wonderful, aren't they? Yeah. We got yeah. everybody. You have a nice setup, man. No, it's not. That's it's it's kind of the complaint with this because there's going to be a delay, and it's because these are all new GoPros that we're we're trying to go completely GoPro with this stuff instead of just going for I don't know what we. It's that's the same angle. There's like no different. Look at this. One is worse. <laughs> like that's. That's the main difference between those two. You know what we need to do? Good we need gosh. to like put it on our foreheads. Put it on our foreheads. POV. Uh, you know, we will be able to do that because these things, like, that's why I am glad that we've stuck to like committing to a different thing. Because before we had these mirrorless cameras that were a little bit harder to move around. And honestly, it was hard to get people to like walk through this tiny garage and like try to sit down and do anything. So these are tinier, but at the same time, like, yeah, oh, you can even see the phone. I'm so upset with this angle. Hold on. Oh, you keep talking. Hold on. You can um, see how close I can get. Okay. Oh, uh, what's right up, there. everybody? Dude, um, when I first walked in, you guys said that I'm wearing flannel. And I think flannel is very fitting for October. Because it is October. And it's flannel season officially, right? Um, but are you happy with that angle? I think that looks a lot better. Now cut to the other angle. Look, we got two new people because of that angle. <laughs> I moved that angle and then they, they came. Welcome, everybody. Let, well, what do we talk about first? As always, we talk about... It's Gaggle of Geeks. What are you geeking about? So, Chaz, the question that I have is, uh, what you be geeking about? I'm glad you asked. Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> Hearing? I love driving to your place on Fridays. Oh. Because. That seemed, you know what that sounds like? No, no sorry. Go ahead. I, I shouldn't interrupt. I was going to say, because Spotify releases new music. There's a band that released a new album, Trivium, and I haven't had time to listen to it today. So, I've been listening to it on the way here. Just jamming out. It sounds like you forgot to do the what are you geeking about segment. You're like, well, what was I? No, no, I'm being serious. Mm, Spotify stuff is pretty good. No, 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 I'm being serious. It's that. And it's also like Ted Lasso. I watched that. The, okay. The final episode. Is that the final? That's the final one oh. for season two. Yikes. You know, I don't like how that ended, but we can we can talk a little bit about that. Do you want it? I, I, that ending pissed me off. I don't think I think two episodes before was the actual ending of the show. And these last two were like Lord of the Rings wrap ups where it's like, OK, keep going. Yeah. And uh, I got to be honest, that character, that character, I'm interested to see where they go. Like they're making him do a, to- a full heel turn into villainy. And I'm like, wow. All right, let's go. Because I kept thinking to myself, like, they're going to find a way to redeem him this season. They're going to do something to help out. But then they're just like, nope, Darth Vader now. Enjoy. Exactly. I was was thinking in the shower, Mike. It's like Obi-Wan. You're thinking in the shower? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Well, it's because Ted Lasso, this episode specifically, has like an Obi-Wan reference Mm -hmm. when he's naming a coach. And people are like, what? But it totally ties into him being Obi-Wan and the other character being Anakin. Especially mm. with that last shot, I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, well, I I don't know about the comparisons. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to enjoy the comparisons to that. Both Ted, La- I don't know who would be offended between the two, Star Wars fans or Ted Lasso fans. Like, because on one side you're going a little Annie, you're comparing to the, and then the other side you're like Ted Lasso to Star Wars. Why would you try that? Dude, Ted Lasso brought up Star Wars itself. That's mm. the defense. Well, let let me tell you what I've been geeking okay. about. I've been geeking about these two shows that we're going to be talking about later, and also if for some reason you know the Last Dance. Did you watch that? Yeah, Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we did. We reviewed it with Jay. Yeah, we did. And then uh, there was the Bruce Lee documentary that came out a little bit ago. There was a Tiger Woods miniseries. It seems like this is the new niche that uh, documentarians are going into for short, short, like short series. And there's one called Bad Sports 
that is um, centered around. Well, it's from the people that did Three Identical Strangers, and it's a series of multiple like situations that happened, whether it be college basketball, football. It's a sports incident that they actually look into, delve into, and explain what actually happened. And I know nothing about sports. And so to me, like, it's always fun to do a little bit of a deep dive into something that you're unfamiliar with. Because for me personally, I've always had an issue talking to people about anything with sports. I don't know if you've had that situation. No, I like sports. You like sports enough to talk. You see, I can be like, man, I really love Kurt Warner when he when he plays for the Rams. That's as far back as I go, though. I don't go any like I still think Tom Brady's for the Patriots. I still think that Brett Favre is going to come out of retirement. Like I, I know nothing about what is happening right now with sports. So this is kind of my wheelhouse because I can keep looking back and be like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. And learning about different stuff. Have you watched any of these after Last Dance? Or are you kind of what nah. is your documentary of choice? My documentary of choice. Dude, that's a good question. Usually it's about movie making like mm-hmm. a lot of like, I don't know, deep dives in like the 80 horror films or whatever. I think those are fun. Um, and also war films, I think, are fast or war documentaries. Uh-huh. I think those are interesting, too. But I mean, Hulu has this one uh, Sasquatch documentary docuseries. Oh, OK. Uh, nice. Yeah, that went off the rails a little bit. I'm like, this is I'm intrigued. Do you know what is actually a good um, recommendation for Halloween for documentaries? Have you seen the clown documentary? came out a few years ago so there was these reports that were coming out a few years back that people were just wandering around dressed like clowns and like freaking people out not necessarily doing anything like violent or crazy but like suddenly there was just a surge of clowns maybe just out of work party clowns that were like we need something we need to do (laughs) some marketing scheme this is the time where we're like a flash mob but clowns but they did a documentary about it and about the first person to do it and um, how it was basically a tactic to try to scare kids into being good. Yeah, he would he would make phone calls out and be like, you better do your homework or something creepy like that. To try to, and we're like, I'm outside your house, kid. And like he, the people would set up pranks to mess with their kids about stuff. Dude, that's and messed. they loved it. That's messed he got up. so much. He got so much like uh, phone calls. People wanting, I think his name was literally Bozo the Clown, but I could be wrong. Did he get paid for it? Well, yeah, they would pay him to come and freak the shit out of their kids. Dude, that is so messed up. It's a super fascinating documentary, so definitely check it out. I think it's on Hulu. You might be able to check it out there. Uh, But let's move into our next segment, which is... The News Day with Chaza. We need to do like a legitimate one. You need to sh- come up like, would you do a suit and tie intro? Yeah, why not? What would what would the intro be for the news day with Chaz? Because like, that was just a throwaway, you know. What would it be? The, it's Dude. why why are you why are you throwing no, no, no. my words? Back no, 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 to no. Me? I'm thinking it's me thinking out loud. Mm, okay, here's what it would be. You yeah. know, like it'd be me, like my back, and then be like news day. You can have a stack of paper, so you go kind of like John Krasinski uh-huh. and the whatever. And like look at people. Mm-hmm. And then and then we have a reporter in the field like that cube thing that you put on microphones. We could have you walking outside. Can we do a, a wild in the field interviews <laughs> at people coming out of a megaplex? That would be interesting. It would be interesting. But would it be COVID appropriate? Yeah, six feet apart. Yeah, we, we, we run up with them with a root, like a tape measure. Exactly. Mm. Six feet. We're like, stay there. So the first thing we do is jab them with a tape measure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Not so fast, buddy. Yeah. And we're like, it's stay don't worry, This doesn't have the, the jab that you should get. Well, okay. So then we're going to just start throwing <laughs> shade at people when it happens. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I like that idea, though. Mm-hmm. Randomly interview people, especially if you have like some champagne, too. Like, <clears throat> Mm. You could do some Michael Moore style like interrogations. Okay, but you know how he does that? Why'd you spill the popcorn in aisle four? Dude, he does it post. Like he'll do it post interview and he'll add it in for dramatic event. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Dra- event effect. I said effect. Um, fake. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. Up first, I think this is interesting. A Russian film crew blasts off to make the first movie ever in space. Yeah. And Tom Cruise apparently is doing one too. Yeah, but this is like Russian. Yeah, but they're both. Well, here's the thing. Everybody's going to space now. 
Going to space is so easy for rich people at this point. It really is. William Shatner is going on Blue Origin. Did you see the news about that? Yeah, yeah. So literally, Captain Kirk is going into space. And it was re- there's a really funny clip of Anderson Cooper and him talking about like him going up. And William Shatner, have you have you checked out any of his interviews? Dude, he's like 90 years old. He's 90 years old and a little bit of a dick. Like he's at yeah. this point in his age where he can be. He's not like Clint Eastwood where he just starts saying racial slurs <laughs> to a chair. But he... Like uh, Anderson Cooper, you could tell he was laughing a little bit, even asking the question. He's like, so you did this show back in the day and now you're going to be going like, did you ever think in your mind while doing the show that you'd be going to space? And then like William Shannon was like, well, Anderson, I don't know if you uh, know this, but that was a TV show. Oh, my God. None of that actually (laughs) happened. You know, there wasn't any space. There wasn't anything. No shit. <laughs> and like Anderson just bursts out laughing. There's a subreddit called Contagious Laughter, and it's just him laughing his ass off because he knew what a stupid question that was. But like, what do you really ask it? It's like, all right, you rich dude, you're going into space. Like, well, that's the thing though, is there how will you how will he not turn to jelly going into space at 90? He yeah. is not taking good care dude, of but himself. How poetic would it be if he like died in space? Ugh, ugh. That'd be poetic. <laughs> No, that's that's, we we don't wish Dude, ill Star will. Trek we do not wish like, ill will towards. I'm not celebrity. wishing ill will Especially at all. my namesake, you fuck. Especially my namesake. <laughs> I'm not wishing. That's ill my will. name. Okay. That's my name. Okay. That's my name. Okay. Um, all right. But going back to it though, they are going up to space because it would be cheaper to shoot in space than it would be to shoot on a green screen. Ooh. Oh, there's a chance that maybe that it is on a green screen, and now William Shatner's just going to make fun of us. Like thinking that he actually did something when this was the literal fake thing. This is this is the fake Shatner. But literally, he did have a Galaxy Quest moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> um, also up next, uh, Killian Murphy. Yes, I I know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we love Killian Murphy. I think he is a beautiful man. He is. I don't think there's any other way to describe him other no, than he's, he he's is like a fine wine, beautiful looking, not just fine. He's not not fine wine. You can get anywhere, right? You can't get those eyes anywhere. You're, you're those, right. Those Killian Murphy eyes. These are like He'll it's like you plutonium. They're like yeah. plutonium. They they need them right now to manufacture Toyota cars. There's you, a, there's a decrease in silly Murphy eyes. Do you think in his contract he's like you cannot color grade? my eyes now nah. i think he's i think he's so much of an actor's actor like this dude feels like colin farrell to me he feels like uh a, a lesser known daniel day lewis but like watch peaky peaky blinders watch red eye watch uh, obviously scarecrow and batman begins but he's an incredible talent but christopher nolan is teaming up with him again yep and what i find interesting too is christopher nolan is known not to have any technology like he has a flip oh, phone still i know Killian Murphy just came out saying he's on social media either. I think he's a, I'm going to give a hot take right now. Oh God. I think Christopher Nolan's a goddamn liar. I don't have a phone. I don't have a phone. You have personal assistants with phones, huh? What do they have? They have a phone. Yeah. What about your assistant? They have an email. Then you've got an email, bitch, because it's tied to you and it's your email. I'm sorry that you're bad at browsing and looking up the stuff, but you still got the accounts. You still got the account. It's still it's still going back to you, and you're still getting the communication. You're just making it harder and making other your, your assistants have a shitty life because they gotta tie their shit up into male pigeons and send it to them. <laughs> male pigeons? Oh no, he's on an island. We gotta put it in a ship and throw it in a bottle and throw it in the ocean. He's just there on the island. Messages in bottles that he has to crack <laughs> against a coconut tree when he's on retirement, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll have to do another Batman." And then he goes up. <laughs> personal assistant and then david goyer comes out of the sand <laughs> um but yes he, he is working with christopher nolan on oppenheimer oppenheimer I don't know jj oppenheimer right jj huh? oppenheimer yeah the film yeah the film is called oppenheimer though according to hollywood reporter but uh what it is is about the atomic bomb yeah he's literally gonna detonate a bomb i think do you, this is the excuse. Do you think this is a? Do you think it'll be a practical effect, or do you think it will be? I think at this point, Nolan. Nolan is so angry about the tenant release situation that he literally wants to blow up something. That's the only reason he's making this movie. Is like, I want to watch the world burn. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> he literally has come full circle, and is 
become the villain. And with his, come on, I, I'm a little worried that his practical effect need is gonna is gonna end up affecting the environment in a horrible way. <laughs> now here's the thing: we've only seen black and white footage, right, of the atomic bomb. Oh, and the blonde. Yeah, atomic oh. blonde. Yeah. Um, do you think? If he recreates it, he's going to make it as realistic as possible like he did with Interstellar, like black holes and stuff. That's what I'm saying. He's going to detonate a bomb. Do you really? There, he's going to detonate something big. The biggest he can do that's close to an atomic bomb. I bet you he's going to – He's right now, he's looking up stuff on the deep web trying to figure out how to do this. <laughs> and, he, and you know what's fun? He knows how to get to the deep web because he's a fucking liar. You fun. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't the button I was going to. It, it was right next to the drama button. Damn um, it. Well, on a related note, Kirby Enthusiasm. That is true. Yes. In it's two weeks. Back. Yep. Two weeks. Two um, weeks. But then we'll end this with, you like cats? No. You don't like cats? Well, neither did Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the writer of Cats, the Broadway. Mm. He had to get a, a therapy dog. After the release of the 2019 version, because it was so awful. Well, what's interesting to me is that it's not awful to him because, you know, what he did was awful because they misrepresented what he believes it is. Yep. That's what, and that's, I think they nailed it and not, you know what I mean? I, I think I think we've seen all we need to see is all I'm saying. And I did watch the stage Broadway show when I was a kid because in music class, when you were bored, you did have to watch stuff like that. So you're watching The Sound of Music, Fither on the Roof. Cats was the only one where I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And this is crazy. It's so weird. Why cats just jump out of nowhere and sing their name? And then they just dive back into a cupboard and someone else jumps out. I'm the cat. And then does their song and dive back in. At least with this, we got the funny butthole story. We got the funny Jason Derulo's dicks too prominent, so they had to digitally erase it. And that's how, like, most of the special effects went by, like, just correcting problems. Ugh. And also, when a director doesn't understand special effects, and you can talk about this, honestly. Like, oh, if we're going to talk about anybody we go. <laughs> that doesn't understand <laughs> fundamentals about special effects, it's, is it Tom Hooper? The director for Cats? Yeah, the guy who did uh, Blade Nez. And well, hold on. And the King's Speech, which I love. I haven't seen King's Speech. Uh, oh, dude. I love the King's Speech so much. Um, excellent Colin Firth movie. And Jeffrey Rush, super underrated. Um, but this one, he just he didn't understand that any a lot of stuff needs to be prepped and planned and mapped out beforehand. He was very much in the mindset of, no, no, no. They could just digitally put a cat in front of the people if they want like and there's no forethinking to it there's no like prep for it it's just do whatever you want and it made the special effects people probably in a living hell of nightmare the only scene i saw was cockroaches that's it yeah i don't i had no idea what was going on so that's that's all i got for the news well that was the news ladies and gentlemen we need to do this live we are live. Like live with people. Maybe we should like, maybe we can like get chairs and we can have like a little audience in the back. There's enough space now in this Dude, room. We could get like, we can make it look like we have an audience by getting cutouts and just putting them like right out of frame of the camera. So it looks like a head. Like some cardboard cutouts. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the, if we're doing that, I would like to know to the people watching who would be good cardboard cutout, cutouts. Tom Brady. Uh, I was going to go Danny DeVito. That'd be a good one, yeah. That'd be a great Which one. Which one, Penguin? No, just Danny DeVito. Okay. Win any character. And that would be more difficult to find. What are though? Yeah, probably. We need to talk about signs, by the way. I want to get rid of this thing and put a sign here. And I found a website to do so. Anyway, let's move into the next bit, which is, oh, a, a message from our us. Right. So, oh, God. What? Better buy some merch. Oh, oh, we're threatening you. No, there's no threatening. Buy merch. Just buy merch. You think that you're going to listen to this episode without buying merch? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Dude, merch. Gaggle geeks. That. 
Do it again. Touch your chest. Gaggle of geeks. Dude, what a bunch of dorks. We're, we're cool dorks. <laughs> we're cool dorks. They got to watch a lot of stuff. We have been blessed. The streaming gods have been blessing us lately. Yes, they have been. With some pretty fun contact, especially um, Netflix. And we are going to first talk about the uh, Midnight Mass, which came out last week. Okay, this is coming from the same person that did Haunting of Bly Manor. Mike uh, Flanagan. Haunting a Hill House. And, dude, he's also done a lot of faithful adaptations of Stephen King. Has he? Yeah. Hmm. Gerald's Game, Doctor Sleep. Well, give the give the people a home a synopsis. Tell them what what this thing's about, because my, my throat's raspy. And I feel mass? like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um, it's about the secluded island, essentially like a population of maybe 100 people or so. Um, and they're all raised similarly, like very religious, you know. Uh, everybody knows each other's business. Everybody knows each other's first names. Everybody knows their backstory. And it kind of revolves around this guy who was involved in a um, drunk driving accident. Well, let let me tell you. So I'm I'm from a very small town in okay. Wyoming. Okay. So ten, so small, in fact, that when they were doing a top like ten worst cities, uh-huh. not only was my town number one for the worst city in I'm Wyoming, about that, yeah. but it was misspelled in the article. It's it's Rollins, but they spelt Rollongs. So the town of Rollongs is very tiny, and I distinctly remember when there was like a drunk driving incident that was the biggest story that took over everything else especially in the town for like a few weeks it was a big story not necessarily something that you would see right now in like the salt lake valley like there's not huge you know yeah stories about that but in a small town it's huge and so the beginning of this story starts with that a small town drunk driving accident yeah. the person goes away for a while and the story picks up a little later when he's getting back I think it's and like four years or something yeah has to essentially reintegrate into this town while they're figuring out uh they have a new preacher yep because uh they have, they have a new preacher uh the old preacher suddenly didn't show up or he was ill or that's what the rumors were um but as the new preacher shows up some weird stuff starts happening and I don't know this movie this movie dealt with uh, a lot of different themes that I don't know talked about like the human psyche the human uh, what do you want to call it condition you know like what happens when we all follow blindly what somebody says um, it's really good but what are you doing I'm talking into light let that be light, maybe. Uh, okay, it, it it worked. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So I had to make sure there was a little bit. Um. But you kept going, and I was proud of you. Oh, thanks. But the I the thing with Mike Flanagan, though, dude, is he touches on a lot about like what it means to regret, what it means to lose somebody, what it means to be broken. You know, like on all of his movies, he focuses on that. And that's really relevant in this is the the guilt and the regret because that a lot of times that comes with the religious aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that he was kind of <clears throat> navigating through that and the series has a lot of long monologues. Oh, yeah. It's super monologue heavy, but it also it gives you enough to, to get you to the next episode. Mm-hmm. It's a quick binge, too. I ended up getting to go through the entire thing in a couple of days. Yep. Um, and the acting is on point. Like oh, everybody's yeah. performance is super good. Uh, is one of the actresses connected to the other shows? Was she in the other shows? Kate Siegel. Yeah, I think. She, yeah, she looks familiar from that. She's she's actually married to Mike Flanagan. Oh, there we go. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's, that's the cool. Time. Yeah, that's cool. Um, dude, can we talk about like just the imagery in the first five minutes? Yeah. Is that spoiler? The the imagery in general is kind of terrifying. What I love about this is like it does zig in this religious aspect, but this the content itself is so rooted in like monster horror. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Yeah. And, but the thing that bothered me also about it was that they never really talked about it in a way that said like I wish they straight up just said vampires, you know? Like this is spoiler review. We put the spoiler review on yeah. the tag. If you're doing vampires, 
and you're a part of a religion, a part of a church, and like say you're this preacher, which uh, runs into a vampire when he's very old and has dementia, gets bit, goes back to his younger self, comes back to the village and basically wants to convert everybody into this. He never once sat there and was like, oh, shit, that was probably a demon. <laughs> like, not even once. Well, no, well, they talk about it because they said, like, they talk about a lot. Well, they don't talk about it explicitly. <laughs> There's a lot of imagery, though, with, like the fallen angel. Yeah. Right. And a lot of demons would present themselves to be angels in the Bible. Yes. And so it, it comments a lot on that. But they know they don't have any pop culture in this town. I don't know. That's my thing. And this guy grew up through like Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's that old that right. he probably was around when the book was written originally. Like there's that's the thing that always bugs me with these films is that like they try to be smarter by not talking about it and they're like it's so cool we're not saying vampires but we're saying like angels and the and we're going to explain the blood in a creative way and we're going to like that's cool but let's call a spade a spade vampires yeah, yeah unless and it was I a fallen angel more stuff about like was there anything with garlic was there anything with crosses there kind of was but there kind of wasn't fire the, the, he was gripping a cross in his hand i think and it cut him, or did it burn him? I couldn't tell. Okay, I don't remember. Yeah, and they don't really do a good job of explaining stuff like that. They do explain in, uh, I believe, episode five, everything about what? how he how it happened. I, I think I think the weakness is just the sunlight. Like, I think mm -hmm. that was the main weakness. Um, you never saw stakes through the heart. You never saw the stereotypical vampire stuff. Maybe that's what it was trying to subvert it and go a different way and try to apply the whole religious aspect of like a fallen angel or whatever, you know, to it. Um, dude, I, th the whole like seven and eight were just fucked. Oh yeah. Or six and seven. So there's only seven episodes, but like the whole mentality that everybody follows suit of like a false icon. Well, it's, it's Waco. Terrifying. Like, it felt like Waco yeah. it feels like uh, some other things that, well, you know, I, being a part of a church, it, it makes my shoulders hurt, dude, even talking about it because it's like culty stuff. Well, and I think the true horror of this, I mean, like, obviously there's a vampire monster in it, but like, I think the true horror is actually the human condition. Like, um, what's her name in the show? The the main lady, antagonist lady, uh, Keen, is that her last name? Mm. Uh, we call her Karen for short. Um, <laughs> but like, she, she was so terrifying and each episode she got worse and worse and mm -hmm. she kept using religion as the the uh, response to everything right like it was a, it was almost an excuse she was like the, the umbrage to the Voldemort she, she really was and each time I'm like I just want you to f die already just go away like nobody yeah. likes you but then the way she dies dude I'm like that was satisfying there are some satisfying deaths there are some gut-wrenching moments though like, like seriously five? the the sermon and then what follows after that is insane. The red, the red wedding one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was equivalent to red wedding, right? <laughs> it really was. And like the turn, and then, uh, insane. Could you imagine that though? Like, what if you're stuck on the island and like all these people are trying to turn you into a vamp? Well, it's interesting because both of these have related like island stuff, Squid Game and and this, where they're stuck on some island. I don't know what I do. I don't know either. Like, if you get bit, would you just embrace it? Eventually, everybody embraced it, mm -hmm. which I thought was like... Not everybody. Not the police person. The police officer never really accepted it. Oh, poor guy. Mm -hmm. And there's only, like, what... This is a major spoiler, but I think there's, like, only two survivors. The two kids. I I don't remember. I think it was just the two kids. Everybody else got vamped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you rate this overall then i would say for this i don't know it's probably between 7.5 or 8 i think the model the monologues are great but i wish they explained more and i don't know the ending was quick but like i don't know where they're going from here do you think they're going to continue no no it's i over. think this is a one time i think it's in the same vein because hill house is not related to blind manor at all mm -hmm. blind manor is its own thing um and this is its own thing like i think it's just him doing his own mini series, hmm. but they yeah, do the monologues. There's a monologue at the very end, like the long ass one. It's like yeah. five minutes long. It was badass. Hmm. Well, what's your rating for it? Four and a half out of five. Ah, uh, nice. 
I really dug it. Cool. Yeah, I'm dude. I'm excited for what Mike Flanagan does next year. I feel like he does a yearly thing now for us. Yeah, and I think he's working on two. He, I should have mentioned this in the news. It was announced he got he's attached to a new project, but he's actually working on another one right now for Netflix. It's always Netflix too, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. But mm-hmm. by the way, if you haven't seen Doctor Sleep, Director's Cut, definitely recommend it. That is for sure. Well, let's see. Oh, we got Jay. Off topic, Chaz. How excited are you for Dune? Oh, dude. I'm excited. So excited. Jay, how are you doing? We've not seen Jay in a while. I know. Jay, buddy. Where you where you been? How you how you do? Jay. Oh, by the way, tickets are on sale now for Dune, Jay. I know you were asking about that on Facebook. They weren't on sale yet, but now they are. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm excited for everything, man. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick five minute break and then we will get back into our review of Squid Game. I'm going to be honest. We just had a cookie break. <laughs> we did. I just wanted to eat a cookie. Like it was, the only reason that we did that was for cookies. Welcome like back, fresh. everybody. And now I'm feeling fresh and I'm feeling excited to talk about the next part. Right. The cookie, it rejuvenated me. Let's talk about Squid Talk and, and Squid Game, we should say. And well, what are we talking about games? We need to introduce none other than our uh, button mashing uh, host, host well, uh, co-host, guest, whatever you, whatever you are with button mashing, Jay. What is we'll up? Just say, hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? I miss yeah, you guys buddy. so much. And I'm happy to be here, man. I am. Yes. Well, I'm actually at work. <laughs> Are you working right now? Yes, I am. You can't you can't announce that, dude. If you're on LinkedIn, they'll find you. I'm not worried about it. I'm being safe and I'm doing everything that they told me I can do. I already cleared it with my boss. <laughs> well, Jay, we were talking we were about to talk about Squid Game, but do you have any thoughts about um about uh, have you watched Midnight Mass? Uh, what anything that we've talked about so far today? Um, I have not seen it, but it is on my watch list, actually, believe it or not. Uh, me and the wife are going to sit down and watch that, hopefully this weekend. I want to say Sunday, mm. if we, if we can. Very cool. Well, and introducing, we have a new camera angle here. Welcome to the Frank Cam. Frank! Hey, Frank, welcome to the show, finally. <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> Frank up? Cam, I like it. That's a pretty love great it. camera angle. I do like that. Really Maybe we good. should just do the whole podcast through this angle. <laughs> like, I think people would enjoy just having Frank. Just a puppy live cam. Mm-hmm. Right? AMSR. And that means cam. he's always evolved. Like, yeah, you'll hear the pitter pattering of his thing as of his nails, <laughs> but that's that's to be expected, <laughs> right, Frank? That you is. yourself. Well, there you that go. Um, Jay, I so, would definitely recommend you point. and your wife watch Midnight Mass as soon as you can. As soon as we can? Yeah. All right. It's, it's, I'll it's, definitely do that. Yeah, it's only seven episodes. Each episode maybe an hour long. Uh, it's really quick binge. Oh, okay. So then it's not that bad then. No. It's kind of like how Squid Game is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we were able to get you to come up just for a couple seconds. And uh, please make sure that everybody is checking out Button Mashing because they've moved into their new yes. channel, their new Facebook page, and they they need the Gaggly Geeks crew to to go over there and check it out because yeah they they've they, they've grown out of the nest. And, we're empty. And Gaggly Geeks has become an empty nest. That's why I feel we've, a void. We've in sent my out heart. our birds. We've sent out our, our butt mashing uh, birds. I want to give a big shout out to our good friend, Nate Legend. He has really been, he's gone through a lot and he's really been putting forth a lot in button mashing. And I just want to let him know that his good work is being appreciated. He's doing such a great job. He's killing it on the show. He's doing proper communication. He's doing everything he's supposed to be doing. So big shout out to Nate, shout out to Scott, shout out to Jeremy and the rest of the button mashing crew. Do you and see how many I people also, they just named off, dude? I'm thankful you for you, feel? Patrick. You, you, we're fucking slacking. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for you, Frank they have, and Natalie. They have a huge crew. They got they. If we do the thumb war thing again, we could actually get killed by them. Like, <laughs> oh like it, it would be crazy if we're like, ah, no button mashers there, and then the entire audience stood up and they were all. Button you mean mashers. button mashing versus gaggle of geeks? That would be crazy. Well, we, we'd be squashed. We kind of did that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you got to remember, I'm an original member of Gaggle and Geeks as well. So I kind of can play both roles. So he's he's infiltrated them to give us like updates on how they pull it off. He's playing both sides. Mm-hmm. That way he comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's the way I just don't get my hands dirty as much as I need to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we're gonna have you on again in the next coming weeks, especially when uh, we start talking about um, Spider-Man: No Way Home, and that's coming, and the Hawkeye series that's going to be coming soon. Oh so, yeah, I can't wait for that. Matrix and Dune. I'm so happy to see what you guys oh, have yeah, for Matrix. it. You I'm know, looking that's forward the to one it. we need to make sure to put you in is for Matrix because that's that's your that's your that's, Dune that's, this year. That's my bread and butter right there. It is. I, I'm already <laughs> going to see that, mm-hmm. but. Well, get All right, fellas. I love you guys. Bless you, you, guys. you guys take care of you guys selves out there. I'll see you guys when I see you. Bye, Jay. All right. Bye, guys. He's such a cool guy. That was fun. That was well, a nice catch-up. Yeah, well, I think that's what this show should have, is like catch-ups with people, little talks, and then get right back into what we were doing for the show, right? Yeah. Well, let's let's get right back into what we were doing with the show, which is Squid Talk. Squiddly squish, squish, squish. Not Squidward from SpongeBob. Squid Game. Yikes. What did you think this was when you before you pressed play? Well, okay, I didn't know anything about it other than what Facebook was telling me. Mm-hmm. And then you messaged me saying, "Hey, we're going to talk about Squid Squid Game." Yeah, and I'm like, I have to binge it then. Okay. Well, were you of the mindset because you're on Twitter? I know you're on Twitter. Were you looking at the hype and thinking, "I don't want to do this because the hype is getting too big. This is annoying me because people are telling me to watch it now." Yeah, but I'm also kind of happy it had a huge hype because it is a foreign series. Mm. And not a lot. I hope people watch it with the subtitles, the English subtitles, because the translation with like the dub and the English closed captioning make it really goofy. It is a little strange. Yeah. And and unfortunately, because look, sometimes you just got to be cooking meals while you're working. I had to switch it to dubs. That way I understood with my back turned what was going on in some situations. Yeah. But there was a lot of talk about the mistranslations when it came to dubs and some subtitles as well. Yep. Um, also, the entire South Korean internet broke. Did what? With this film. And I believe it's either South Korea or China are now starting to put fines on Netflix because they've ramped up so much network usage because of this film and haven't paid any like taxes or anything towards it that they're like, okay, you got to pay what you've been using for our bandwidth and stuff. I don't know if any of those tech words made sense, but I think I made sense. It made sense. I don't know how it all works, but it made sense. Mm -hmm. sense? Oh, we got the Frankie. Frankie. (laughs) Hi. Um, Yeah. So I saw all the hype. Uh, My sister was trying to get me to watch it too. And I'm like, okay, so I think was it last night I watched one episode Mm. And then I had to go to bed, but I'm like, okay. I kind of, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Kind of demented, but I kind of really dig it, right? Um, because I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, it's basically Hunger Games with children games, like uh, Red Light, Green Light, you know, mm. and other ones. I never played as a child, actually. So I guess there's like a little disconnect, but well, let's talk about how people get into the game. So this starts with a person that basically he he is a gambling idiot. He he is all down in his luck all the time, yeah. but by his own account, he can't right. even get money out of his ATM for what he's needing. He has a daughter. He lives with his mother, and um, it basically is is trying to make money in whatever way, owing right. debts. Um, eventually, he's at the subway and meets somebody who wants to slap the shit out of him for money that's essentially what it is they do it in a, in a very sophisticated like very like well shot well written way but they he just smacks the crap out of him to during a, a bet and then keeps getting money keeps getting money and eventually he goes here take my card if you want to and like continue this he get he calls the thing and it's a huge group for basically a, a set of games where if you win you get a huge lump sum of, sum of money and those games don't necessarily seem like they're the fun kind of games, but a little bit more like the Hunger Games or the Saw Games or anything that ends up killing many people because the violence gets ramped up in the first one, the Red Light, Green Light. Dude, I think over 200 people died in that mm-hmm. one in the span of like 
15 minutes of screen time. Uh, it was and, and it was so cool because you see these characters already developed, but you really don't know anything about a lot of the characters. Nope. And as you go through this show, the the humanity or the uh, inhumanity for some of the characters gets fleshed out and you start to see the true intentions of certain people and you start to see even the good can be completely wiped out of somebody in order to survive. And I think that's what's made this so fascinating to people to watch because right now we're all kind of in the Hunger Games and nobody really wants to admit it, but like we're we're getting, it's getting weird, right? And and there's a reason why this is the most popular show because everybody's watching it like things are getting weird. So... Yeah, so there, there was an article that said that a lot of Americans are enjoying it because they can relate. I'm like, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can relate. I can be afraid. Like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I really just don't want to. Okay. Yeah. It's it's so it's so close as far as poverty is concerned, though. I would say, and how and how people with money feel they can manipulate their status for like the lower class individuals and stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about Jeffrey Bezos. We can talk about Jeffrey Bezos all the Dude, time. He'd, he'd be in on this. Oh, he'd be one of those people. Be, well, yeah. He's one of the people with the gold mask. It's like, take your mask off and pleasure me. Yeah. That scene. Do you remember that? Yep. Ooh, there are some rough moments in this. And I got to say my favorite episode, and I think it's your favorite too, is episode five. The six. marbles. That's six. Oh, six. The marbles episode is fantastic. Uh, the writing's incredible. Mm-hmm. The the pacing, the build, the suspense buildup, and and really seeing how these characters have gone from the first episode to now, it was just it was just really incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably the most sentimental too. Like, really, like it, all those characters were like, I played this when I was a kid. Like, I know what to do. Right, mm-hmm. excited for it, and then they find out. They have to beat the person they teamed up with, thinking they would win. And that episode also showed a lot of Which, clever. They're dumb for doing that. Yeah. Like, you really think that they're going to let you team up with people? They like they did the team up stuff, but it was never like, it wasn't like choose your friend. It right. never was a choose your friend situation. So, like, they should have known better in that case. Right. Well, it's because I think the ones before that were teamed up, you know, like. Yeah, but it never felt that it was a team up for the people that you cared about, it was strategic. Yeah. And so it just seemed strange that in episode six that everybody went sentimental for their picks rather than who would be the strongest person to go with or or, or what have you. But a lot of them got clever with how they were lying about their bets, you know, that they were doing with the marbles. Or... Oh, yeah. That one clever motherfucker does one of the cleverest, <sighs> trickiest, dirtiest Thing. like he does a full turn nate like ted lasso where it's like whoa are you talking about the filling up the, the bag with rocks or whatever yeah and totally totally sends so likable sends the kid off for the entirety of the of the thing for him to just basically backstab him yeah. completely and seeing like his his necessity of, of needing to survive everybody needed to survive and when you found each person kind of slowly losing their mind oh the the big issue I had also I it was poetic how two of the people that were the crazies went out together, but I wish there was a little bit better of a conclusion with that, a little more satisfying than just a they just fell off a, uh, the hill, you know? Yeah, crazy lady and what's his name? You know, the, we're talking the about. asshole, mm-hmm. dude. That that's the thing. So episode seven had a lot of. I think episode seven is probably the best shot one. Because there was a lot of slow motion with like breaking glass and stuff, you know. Um, and we also it also revealed a lot more about who the, these VPs are, who's behind the the scheme, right? Like who it's all about money, it's all about these rich people watching people suffer. And watching most of the people on there wanted to be alive. Like they're like, okay, like you lead, please keep track of like which glass I land on, you know, so I don't fall through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when they got clever, then the the higher ups got like, oh, we need to turn off the lights because they're using the lights to their advantage, the reflection, right? Yeah. And the one that got me the most on that, though, was actually the old lady. Yeah. Because this is like the, probably the first episode we saw her in, but she told the guy the wrong thing, like, you know, jump to the left or whatever, and he fell through. And then it cuts to a scene because they're like keeping track of them, like the chess pieces. 
and she like just flies through it right but then all of a sudden like her chest piece falls off and all it does is cut back to the aftermath hmm. like we never see her in action but we just see the aftermath I'm like dang yeah <sighs> but I, one thing i really like though there's a character who infiltrates this this uh organization right and it's a guy looking for his brother yeah and I liked his character because it kind of explored the hierarchy of how this organization is laid out, like how certain people with certain masks are of status quo, right? Mm. Like circles are like pretty much the bitches. Well, they're, they're minions. Every, every one of them is literally a despicable me minion and their quarters are very narrow yep. and like it basically prison cameras everywhere. I wish they explored more about how, why they were able to, where they came from. Were they just hired like they that's were on a cruise? Because it kind of felt like they were they were like basically like this island itself was a cruise for the rich right. and that rich people can come do whatever. And so anybody that's these people are basically like a crew made of a ship and their quarters seem to imply that much, too. But how much are they getting paid if they're getting paid or is it just kind of like people that believe in the idea or or were they like past survivors, you know, like. Because they're so dedicated. Yeah. Like, they're very dedicated. Except for the ones that decide to be a little sneaky with the doctor. Right. Well, and we also find, like, how long this has been going on for. Since, like, the 80s. Mm. Right? And it's, like, every year. But it's not just, like, once a year. I mean, it's, like, monthly, almost, is, like, what those binders look like. And I don't know. I just, I wanted to know, like, what happened to those who survived. Like, are they in the higher-ups, you know? there, There's a lot of stuff that they left on the floor. I feel because they want to do a season two really bad. I hope they don't do a season two. I'm going to be honest. Dude, it was so set up for a season two. It's <sighs> it's not even funny. And that's what I didn't like about the last episodes. Like, they did wrap up a lot of things while at the same time kind of teasing you too much. Yeah. And not... I, I would like to have known more about the people. And I feel like now... Uh, when they reveal certain characters to be around and, and stuff that anybody can be around if their death was off screen. Right. right. So there's a few people whose deaths were off screen that I'm like, okay, so they're definitely still around or we didn't see a definitive death. We just saw something. Right. So uh, I think season two is definitely in the cards and it's Netflix. They'll do season two. And then when people want season three, they'll cancel it. Like that, <laughs> That's pretty much what Netflix likes to do um we'll see where it goes i know they've had to edit out the phone number that the guy gives the card to because people keep calling the number and some poor person's like please stop i can't do this anymore yeah i the ending i saw it coming a little bit which i thought was kind of disappointing mm. but it was also like not a good payoff because like they're like this is the twist i'm like it's not really a fucking twist though like it's not a twist and it's and it's not really logical in no, my it, opinion it thematically doesn't make sense either. the, the character really spends a few months in disarray because his mom dies before he's able to get back which totally makes sense oh yeah like you need time to grieve but it's not until he gets it's like a, year a later. revelation that he decides to help the other people's families i don't believe that no i don't believe that that was the inciting incident to do that you know i think he would have done that of his own volition sooner yeah like and and honestly him choosing to not go to his fucking kid even like through this whole thing whole goddamn thing was for him to get right with his kid and be a good parent yeah. and what does he do at the end doesn't even get on the plane yep for what reason they don't even he, he doesn't even have a plan yep he just doesn't to me that tells me that he's not a good parent and makes this character immediately unlikable in my opinion it's like what was all this for you're just a greedy asshole that lied to everybody yeah i think Overall, though, I think up to episode seven, it was like a huge buildup. But then like the last two episodes kind of flatlined more. Mm. It, it couldn't keep up with the pace that it set itself up for. Yeah, it's true. Well, what would you rate it overall for the season? Three out of five. Three out of five. Uh, I'd probably go that. Maybe. Yeah, probably three point five. Like, yeah, fuck it. Four. It was so fun. It was so crazy. It was. But those last episodes, I'm like, this mm. undoes the, a lot. Episode five. Episode six, sorry. I'll watch over and over. It was so good. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's our thoughts on the uh, squid. Uh, squid. Well, that was our squid, squid talk. Squid. Have you ever had squid? squid? I didn't ask that. What? Squid? Have you had squid? I've had calamari. That's nice. octopus. Nice. Is that a squid? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think that's, I like, I think I that's like, very I like wrong. Seafood, dude. I, I think like it's octopus. very wrong, and people are going to hate me for doing that comparison there. 
how dare you not know your seafood already already man when you live in utah how dare you that's true so what are we gonna do next man what's next week what's next week halloween's next week why don't we tease our next weeks we never talk about what's next week halloween's next week halloween halloween kills yep halloween kills is coming and i don't know we might be doing for something yeah you know what i mean (laughs) You know what I mean, Chess? I know. <laughs> and, and honestly, I would I would suggest um, checking out Good Things Utah this Friday to to see the Halloween Kills review that we'll be doing. I mean, I'll be doing. Chess, where, um, where, where can people find you? Uh, I have a new episode out on Over and Under, or I suppose with Julie. Um, she is a deuce's wife. It was nice to know her. She does tarot too. It was like a back-to-back tarot last week, which I thought was really fun because we had Emily on here. Right. And then we had, uh, Julie online. So, Mm. yep. Uh, then you can find me on Twitter and all that stuff. And, um, Patrick, where can people find you? Well, Nat confirmed calamari is squid. And you can find me on here and I'm going to be in your house. I'm going to be under your bed. I'm going to be wherever you guys need me to be. I'll be there. You know, well, you, Okay, I'll, just, I'll be everywhere. I'll, I'll just stop. What? Maybe, maybe. And we got, we just got so much new ideas. You know, we we can do some weird shit, and uh, I hope that we can bring out some new stuff for y'all. Thank you so much, as always, and we will see you at uh, the next episode.